This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of the Humane Podcast is brought to you by the Civic Engagement Podcast, Future Hindsight. Join them for a brand new season focusing on rebuilding America in a post-COVID world. In their first episode, they learn how to keep voters engaged once the election cycle is over and why that's important for democracy. Throughout the season, they'll learn how we must rethink areas of our economy, education system, police force, antitrust enforcement, and more, all while providing listeners with actionable tips and tricks to help build a stronger, more just America. Listen to Future Hindsight wherever you get your podcasts or at futurehindsight.com. You are listening to The Humane Podcast. Humane is your first look at the startups and industry titans that are leading and disrupting artificial intelligence, data science, future of work, and developer education. I am your host, David Jakobovich, and you are listening to Humane. If you like this episode, remember to subscribe and leave a review. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Humane Podcast listeners. Today on the show, we have the CTO of Play Magnus and the CEO of Solve Oslo, Felipe Langer. I'm super excited to engage in this conversation today because many of you know, as a data scientist, chess is one of the big sports in the world that we love to learn about, not only with coding, but playing and staying mentally active. And back in 2016, I attended the five world chess tournament in New York City and got to see firsthand behind the glass Magnus Carlsen play against another world grandmaster. And little did we know at the time, but Felipe was there and we didn't meet yet, but here we are today learning about everything, not only in the world of chess, but also in AI and ML and what you're doing with startups. So Felipe, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, David. Looking forward to this. I mean, we've been emailing for a long time, but uh, now we're we're finally here and and, uh, it's really fun to just kick off and, and talk a bit about all these 
things that you mentioned. You had a lot there on the introduction, but uh, I have two roles, basically. I, I work as a CEO in Solve Oslo, where we do product development and consulting. We have a focus on machine learning and then also a bit on med tech. But at the same time, I'm also a CTO at Play Magnus. And it's kind of funny. Both offices are strategically located at the same floor in the same building. <laughs> so I have this um, double agent life running back and forth between the offices. But now with the corona situation, the only positive thing about this whole spectacle is that uh, I can actually work from home. And uh, then it's kind of easy to switch context. <laughs> but uh, of course, that <laughs> doesn't mean it's worth it. <laughs> You know, it's we're seeing with coronavirus or COVID-19 that life's become digital first. And it's we almost have these digital twins. Like you mentioned, you had your in-person office for the ventures that you're growing, but everything's gone digital. And it's amazing to see like in the history you've been involved with Play Magnus. I mean, it's gone from, you know, Magnus Carlson, world champion to this app where anyone like myself can learn and practice and learn from the great to an app that's even built in data science and AI as well. I'd love to hear about, you know, your journey with the team and the app, how that's evolved over the years. Yeah, this started back in uh, 2013, actually. So it was uh, quite cutting edge. It was quite an ambition back then. So it was Magnus Carlson himself and uh, his father that uh, kind of, they wanted to enter the digital space and, and do something uh, with this uh, brand building, basically. But their vision was to use chess as a fun tool to make the world a smarter place. And yeah, the the first ideas were not uh, the best ones. It was having chess pieces with uh, Magnus Carlsen's face on it. Fortunately, (laughs) there were uh, objections against that. And and now you can see that we've made uh, tons of apps. And, And the reason being is that that's a good way to spread your brand, to create awareness, and uh, also to spread joy. I mean, uh, it's actually, <laughs> I hope pe- people find these apps fun. I would rather see uh, my kids playing with, playing chess on their phone than, than other, uh, maybe I shouldn't mention specifics, but uh, other uh, games uh, in general. And um, yeah, I, I do believe that chess can make uh, the world a, a smarter place. I mean, it's... Uh, it's not proven yet, actually, that chess has an effect on your intelligence, that you become more intelligent by playing chess. But there's a, at least a correlation between intelligent people and chess. So if you pick a random chess player, there's a higher probability that that chess player is more intelligent than a random person in general. So there's definitely a correlation, but we don't know if, if one leads to the other directly. All the smart people want to play chess it might be that as well anyway it's a practice for brain uh, activity that's for sure um i wear this uh this uh i watch right and there you have uh, like if your if your heart rate is too high you get a warning and it's never triggered apart from when i uh, spent some time at the chess club and i was playing this uh blitz game <laughs> then it's actually triggered so yeah it's sports and, and it's uh, a lot of brain activity going on. I find it uh, fun to, to work with. Well, back to the story. I'm, this is, I'm branching off here. So back to the story. Yeah, so we found out that uh, we're going to do an app. That could be a good start. 
at the moment. It was uh, Play Magnus was a company with one person. I wasn't hired there. They went to a consulting company. I was working in that consulting company with uh, innovation stuff. When I heard about the project, I just left all the projects I were, was working on and, and just focused on, on Play Magnus. And we created the app in two months, actually. It was, uh, it was a heck of a marathon uh, code monkey period where we didn't know where we were going. It was just, uh, yeah, we, we just did something. And, but that was a nice experience. And of course, the, the code now is, is not uh, readable, but, uh, but we're working on it, <laughs> refactoring the whole thing. Yeah, so that was the first Play Magnus app. Uh, already there, we have the AI, which plays like Magnus. This AI is, is interesting because in the company, uh, in Play Magnus, there were two developers that were uh, hired early on, like after the CEO. And it was me uh, full-time. And then we also hired uh, Tord Umsta part-time. And he, he has actually developed the first iteration of Stockfish. So he developed this Glauum, uh, which is... Um, like an early version of Stockfish. It was his code, and then it branched off to Stockfish. So we had this uh, sophisticated uh, early version of Stockfish. We couldn't use uh, Stockfish because it's an open source, and it has an open source license, which we, we can't uh, put into the app. But we used this early iteration, and we modified it to be able to emulate um, Magnus's play. I'm really uh, not letting you talk, David. So uh, I'm not sure if I should just take a break so you can you can say something. Oh, no, this is super fun to learn. I mean, everything that I'm hearing so far that you're sharing, Felipe, is that to make the world a smarter place, it starts with seeing where are the challenges with humans. And we like mentally challenging tasks. And by we, I mean like data scientists and people who like code and math. And, you know, in my early days of learning, I was playing with poker and, you know, blackjack and a lot of these card games and realizing that memory palaces is so essential for understanding patterns and that behavior that is repeating over time. And it sounds like the work that you've done with your core engineers and the, the branching of Stockfish, right? We talk about in code all the time with Git and version control, all products mm. branch in different directions based on the big inspiration. And it sounds like that big inspiration was building an app that plays like Magnus. And it's helped a lot of players, you know, upskill themselves to get to a new level, but then also to be inspired that, you know, should we be spending all our time playing words with friends and angry birds, but, you know, maybe there's something more, especially during times like COVID, right? What can we be spending our time to learn new skills and pick up that craft it's incredible to see that, you know, what you've built has evolved from 2013 to now this whole series of apps and this whole like empire, if you will, that has expanded with the Magnus brand. I think you touched on something there that I, that I want to elaborate a bit on. Um, yeah, so we were very uh, thorough with um, making sure that the app feels personal. So you, when you open the app, it, it kind of feels like you're going to actually play Magnus and it's, it's branded throughout the app uh, with this uh, appearance and and also this uh, kind of chessy black and white feeling and i think that helps it makes the app a bit personal you have magnus in your pocket and you and you can challenge him 
I think that's crucial to the experience. And that's why it's not just another chess app. It's a totally different experience from from just playing random uh, chess against AI. Because actually playing against AI is, is known to be quite boring in general. And and also, if you if you play against uh, an AI of uh, at the maximum uh, performance, you, you don't stand a chance. <laughs> Not even Magnus does. So, so uh, as you probably know, Magnus uses uh, AI to like uh, Stockfish and uh, Lila Zero to actually train and uh, find out some new combinations. Well, I think it's interesting that we look at world class players, and I mean that's in any sport. You're saying like peak performance. We see like Formula One where you have Lewis Hamilton, who's won so many races with Mercedes training with simulations. You even had basketball, the late LeBron James, who is always you know, even using virtual reality and different tools to make sure he can get that experience to be perfect. So it sounds like, as you mentioned, Magnus is like going against the top chess AI engines to see can he break his current mind limits to get and achieve new peak performance. Yeah, and also analyze his uh, previous games, right? So you you can go in and uh, and look at the um, yeah what what could have happened if I if I did another move or my opponent uh, did this move and how how strong was it actually? Like one thing is as far as they can see, but but uh, how strong was it? And I I could mention that uh, I actually talked to Magnus after uh, uh, an important game, and he said that his opponent probably had analyzed the position with the Leela, and he had analyzed with Stockfish, and that was a deciding factor. So it's okay, it might be a far stretch here, but it's actually AI against AI at some point because they try to memorize as much as possible within the branches that they play. I think that's fascinating, and I don't know. Maybe it's uh, it's a merge between uh, machine man and machine, right? So um, maybe this is how how it it starts by expanding uh, what we can do, our abilities with software that kind of integrates uh, right now with an interface that's not uh, like totally great. It's not implants. It's not intuitive in the same way as it will be in the future. And when it comes to sports and using uh, digital tools um, and machine learning in general, I, I'm also working on another project, which I actually can mention. <laughs> it's uh, it's called Seven Six, and uh, and actually it's an app where you can record your tennis swing, and you get a lot of attributes and measurements on how that performance is compared to a pro player. So we collect. And it will only become better with all the data that we collect. But already, it's uh, we showed it to, to the best coach in Norway, training with the with best tennis player uh, called Kasper Rud, and he was uh, he was like impressed. Wow, he he never seen something like that. And and we managed to create this in just a few months. And I'm I'm wondering what the future holds for for these kind of applications. And here we're, here we're using a smartphone, so. The potential here is fantastic. I, I think we'll see a huge revolution in how how sports is executed based on on what machines can learn about it and not only humans. 
I think you're spot on there, Felipe. I mean, tennis, for example, is I think a sport that we both have passion for. You know, I went to Tunisia a few years ago to live a pipe dream to see if I could qualify in the ITF tournament. And of course, I didn't do so great because I'm a data scientist, not a tennis player. But I had a lot of fun. And I think what's so fascinating is everyone wants data. We want to understand what are we doing good or what can we improve on. And usually it's human to human relationship. You'll have a real in-life tennis coach who's saying, nope, lift the ball higher. Make sure you get it centered over or you're not going deep enough into the court or you know whatever is failing. And that's the tennis sport. But I think everywhere across the board, we can see that. We've seen that in the last 10 years, the movement has been to somewhat automated machines, but they weren't very smart. So in sports like tennis that we both love so dear, there were machines that you would program them, hit the ball to these three places on the court, and I just run around like a maniac and hit it back so (laughs) I can at least get my cardio in. But now I've been seeing even on like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, there's new tennis machines that are claiming to use computer vision so that they can, you know, find the right spot to help me hone in on the skill. And it sounds like what you're doing with 7.6 is also quite unique because, you know, we should all be able to find that coaching, but it's not always accessible to everyone. Exactly. It's not always accessible. And it and also, maybe I should be careful here, but it, it becomes a bit subjective Like to, to actually find out the parameters which we could use to, to program this thing and, and to do the machine learning algorithms. We had to spend a lot of time with tennis coaches and, and try to kind of distill what they're actually saying. <laughs> so you listen to three different coaches and, and they, say, they say the same thing, but with their own words. And I think computers uh, can be better at, at that. They can give you the kind of the facts and, and we can pre-program patterns that you can see and, and visualizations. And yeah, I think this uh, will improve a lot of uh, sports in general. But in when it comes to chess, there are a lot of uh, things that you just need to be good at, right? It's like that in every sport, but in chess, there's a lot of mental things like uh, memory. Of course, you, you can't escape it. You need to have a good memory. Listeners, you've heard on today's episode all about the data that drives the decisions for world chess champions like Magnus Carlsen and how online chess has grown as an esport throughout the COVID-19 era. One thing I know for certain is that to become a champion in any sport and any business, this requires you to keep optimizing. It's about those incremental improvements. I recently listened to the Keep Optimizing podcast, which went in depth on topics to improve the digital world. Think SEO, email marketing, and conversion rates. These metrics aren't only for world-class champions, they're for your business and e-commerce decisions too. As we gear up for a digital first holiday season, I can't help but think of all the ads I'm seeing on Facebook and Pinterest. On the Keep Optimizing podcast, host Chloe Thomas dives deep into these platforms and other magic moments for the world of advertising. I enjoyed one of her recent episodes where she discussed Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and she shared some great tips and tricks for email and text campaigns. We're all going direct to consumer, and Keep Optimizing is a show to keep you in the know on essential e-commerce marketing. Now let's apply that to our chess game too. 
but I've been thinking about what what is good memory, and I it's not I haven't been thinking about it because I'm especially smart. I, I've been exposed to this the uh, last seven years, and and I've seen these chess players uh, everywhere playing, and I noticed that in the beginning uh, when I wasn't exposed too much to chess, I was looking at these chess players and I was seeing like these superhuman um, uh, attributes and patterns and how can they remember like whole chess game? How, how is that possible? I, I can't even remember my last three moves. And how is it possible to talk about previous games and even, even play them? And you don't need to be a that good uh, chess player. I mean, you, far above average, but, but still it's uh, doable for all of us. And the thing is, I, I, I figured out that it's like everything else, like practice, repetition, understanding, because it could be uh, math, but it could also be geometry, but also uh, linguistic, like it's uh, linguistics. It's also, uh, you put a name on an opening, you put a name on a strategy, and it's easier to, to connect the dots, right? And all of this kind of reveals to me that, uh, okay, there are people that are fantastic at playing some, uh, like Magnus is the world champion, he's by far a legendary player. But now I can actually understand how that came to be and, and how that's possible and that it's actually not being superhuman. It's it's doable and it's it's something that I think most people can become quite good chess players. So I think that's mo- motivating. Yeah, I know. I, I love chess. I mean, I don't play it as much as, as I wish I did, but I recall my middle school and high school days. I think middle school was one of my favorite times prior to the computers, right? Chess was only an in-person experience. And I, I just know Blitz Chess, I can recall it right now. I mean, it is, it's as if there's this muscle memory, right? You're going in for these predefined moves because you've experienced it over and over. You're predicting this deterministic or this behavioral pattern for how to operate. And I think that's where we're seeing technology go. I mean, today in the world of COVID, we see some fantastic shows out there like Devs on Hulu and Westworld on HBO and Upload on Amazon. They're all talking about how much free will is there or how much can we predict or get predetermined. And it sounds incredible, right? I mean, when we look at peak performance, poker, chess, other sports, I mean, Magnus Carlsen isn't playing 10 games a week. (laughs) Like, I mean, it could be hundreds or thousands, right? Depending on where they are. And and we even see that in tennis, right? Like I remember watching uh, Rafael Nadal, my favorite uh, tennis player. Well, Roger Federer might be my truly favorite one, but there's always a contention there. And the both of them, I mean, when you see them with their coaches, they are still practicing dozens of hours a month to stay at peak performance. I think one of the misnomers in peak performance sports with Magnus Carlsen is that, oh, he doesn't have to practice anymore. He's just there. But what happens if he doesn't practice? Is he going to still get peak performance, right? Yeah, muscle memory, as you say, but but I think it's, uh, yeah, I have my own way of looking at it. And I, I think it, we're creating when you repeat something a lot, you're creating shortcuts. So you're uh, you're wiring your brain to do that specific task perfectly. You do this over and over and over, and and it just becomes uh, embedded in in your software, uh, so to say. And I think yeah, that's basically uh, the language of the brain. And and 
I think you you can do that uh, as I as I told you before with symmetry, with uh, logic, with numbers, with music, all of that. But I I also think you can do that with feelings, and I think maybe there's a connection there, like the intuition part, where you you kind of feel you're in some flow, and I think you you feel that because you you're experiencing these shortcuts, you're experiencing that, but you but you're not consciously thinking about it. So. You can actually take a much more simpler example than than being a you know, world champion at chess. Like when you drive a car, you're not thinking about driving, at least not <laughs> when you've uh, driven for a few years. So you you're thinking about everything else, but you're still doing quite a complex uh, task. So it's uh, it's subconscious uh, versus conscious, uh, and and I think you train your subconscious. You you create these uh, really good software packages which are hidden beyond our, our uh, understanding and, and you're talking about you also mentioned free will right and the way i see it it's uh, like we of course we don't have free will it's all deterministic but we experience it because we don't know uh, better right we, we we just there's an emerging thing going on and nobody knows exactly why uh, that's going on and some believe that it's everywhere, like uh, panpsychism and stuff like that. And that's up for debate. But obviously, it's deterministic, maybe probabilistic if you want to go into quantum mechanics and, and all of that. But yeah, actually, I lost the thread. What am I talking about? <laughs> well, I think what we're talking about, and this is so interesting, though, because I got us on this tangent about devs, Westworld and upload. I mean, what is that fluid behavior? You're talking about getting into flow and flow is so important for learning anything. And it sounds like a lot of the world today, as we know, learning is not just about project based learning, but, you know, love it or hate it. There's a lot of credentials out there and you're having to test and be proctored and being monitored for results. Although we've seen school systems like the University of California drop the need for the SAT and certain MBA programs drop the need for GRE and GMAT, proctoring is still very important. And I wanted to explore a little bit about this area as well for what you're seeing in the world of chess. You know, it's all moved online. You know, Magnus is leading the charge. But I think one of the concerns we always see is well, are people being honest? Are they using a simulator or just you know going for it? What are you seeing with these online chess tournaments and how we're ensuring people are keeping honest? Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? 
Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, in chess, you have a few mechanisms for anti-cheating, and, and they've been around for a long time. Obviously, you can actually, uh, if you have a game, you can do these uh, anti-cheating algorithms, which will find out if you, you're playing too similarly to one of the popular chess engines. And uh, we detect cheaters in chess 24 all the time. And also even in Play Magnus, because we had these yearly competitions. Of course, some of them were, were cheating uh, a lot to get the top scores. But that's kind of the digital aspect of it. Of course, you can, in a, in, in a tournament, when you're sitting at home and playing others, you can be cheating, right? So yeah, you have to have your webcam on to play in one of uh, the Magnus Invitational, which was the most recent one. But also, you have to. we ask them to install another camera, that, which is uh, behind them, to monitor wh- what they're doing. I think with newer technology, we also start trusting people more. I could be wrong here, but if you're in the chess tournament and you need to go to the bathroom, you can't take your camera with you, right? So <laughs> at some point, we worry less about these things. I think it's a good thing. And I think it's happening also with uh, employment in general. Uh, like I... Everyone works from home now, right? Like we knew that was going to work fine, but I think a lot of people were surprised. Like, whoa, this is actually working and, and my employees are, are performing maybe better. Like, how can that be? They, they can do whatever they want. They're working at home. <laughs> and of course they are. I think freedom for most people gives uh, like responsibility, which is good. And also people are different. Some people are, have genes for staying awake at night. Uh, like People are, are absolutely different. And I think creating an environment which makes them like thrive in this, in the, their hobbies or, or their work in the best possible way, that's fantastic. And I also think that if you're a manager listening to this and, and you're thinking, yeah, but I, I can't trust it. There's always a few people that will take advantage of the situation. Then I would say, okay, but do you actually want to have mm. those people around? Like, do you want to have them in your company? Maybe the hiring process should be better done. And also, I think there will be less and less of those people because the culture will change. This will be the way to work moving forward. Not only because of COVID, I think, but because it's more effective and it gives this type of freedom. Yeah, it's so interesting that, of course, we're spending a lot of the conversation seeing how chess is being reshaped in the world, being digital first with the Magnus Invitational. 
but it's more than that. It's work. I mean, we are moving to a distributed society. Post-COVID world will be one where, sure, there will be some in-person, there will be some distributed. I think that will still be to be determined how that will shake out for different cities. But I think what's not as unclear is that we are moving more into a device-first world. And we've been spending a lot of time on the show today talking about you know, chess and, and the whole evolution of the sport, but you do a lot more than at Play Magnus. You're also involved leading up new tech ventures. And I'd love to hear about what are some of these projects and ideas that you're incubating at Solve Oslo. There's a lot of cool stuff happening. And uh, we see a lot of uh, different projects that we can contribute to, but we're also uh, starting from scratch on many of these. Uh, so as I said, we, we do both consulting and product development in-house. One of our cool uh, engagements has been to work with, um, yeah, it's like a camera that can uh, scan your eye and uh, retina and recognize patterns on diabetes 2, people with diabetes 2, and therefore find out if you're becoming blind. So a blindness a prediction, basically. That's interesting. Uh, uh, this doesn't have to be expensive equipment because I think it's already it's a solved problem with uh, quite expensive equipment. But with uh, equipment that could cost like a uh, hundred bucks, it's not. And we've we've managed to do that. We've helped the company uh, develop that. And uh, yeah, it's only a matter of time before that's uh, produced and um, shipped off to all over the world where where. Uh, where it could be expensive to get your your eye scanned by by hospitals and and so forth, so you could basically do this at home. It's so interesting thinking about cameras because I mean there's camera technology that's been out for a while to forensically confirm that a painting is authentic or that the fabric of a handbag that's a Louis Vuitton is real as well. We featured on an earlier episode of Humane, a founder particularly who works in that space. But I wonder, in that case, they said, we're actually able to use the cameras from the iPhones and the Samsung Galaxy devices to get that quality. Do you see a future where we can be, you know, holding up a phone to the iris and scanning and seeing that performance? Or, you know, what might those machines of the future look like? Absolutely. I see it. And, and we experience it. Like every year, these new phones come out. And when we were doing this tennis project, uh, where you're supposed to, to record a tennis player and then see how the swing is being executed and how well the performance is compared to a pro player, I actually didn't know that you could record uh, slow motion 240 frames per second on uh, 1080p on most iPhones today. And that's insane, like uh, the opportunities. We were thinking like, uh, can we actually execute this at uh, 30, 60 FPS? But uh, it doesn't have to be that way. We managed to pull it off anyway on, on 60 FPS. But yeah, I mean, the opportunities are, are huge. And I also think wearables will be uh, like it's we've seen it, but it will be a huge thing moving forward. Um, There's so many health benefits you can get. Uh, I also think people will, will be more, well, uh, exactly right now with COVID-19 is maybe not the best uh, occasion to say so. But I think in the future, we still will, will have a situation where where people are less uh, ill and, and things are going quite well health-wise. So you, you start thinking about longevity instead of just survival, right? 
And I think all these wearables will, will contribute to that. So you, you'll be much more occupied with the health in general. And not only physical health, but also mental health. And I think at some point we'll figure out how to come closer to the connection between a scan and a psychological state of the mind. Yeah, I think uh, mental health is going to be just as important as we're emerging in a post-COVID world. I recently shared my top 25 trends for Q2 2020, where I was looking at tech investments as an investor in this space. And mental health tech is one that I am very bullish on. We even see devices in the United States like Muse, which helps you meditate. We have the Aura Ring, where you wear this ring that can track you know, the pulse for you, for your heart as well. So there's so much going on in the medical space. I mean, and what do you think, Felipe, is helping accelerate this? Is it more the AI and this breakthrough in compute? Is it the capability to get sensors so small? I mean, what are some of the things you're seeing that's gaining interest and traction in this space? That's a hard question to answer. I think there's so many factors. But of course, it's uh, hardware uh, gets uh, quite improved every every year but it's not not in the same way as before where you for instance uh, the graphics on on games is insane already of course everyone was hyped uh, when they when they saw the playstation 5 uh, tech demo unreal demo wow fantastic but but really it's uh, there's so much more now than just graphics we've come to a point where uh, where we're, we're wearing the technology that we previously uh, had uh, in in a living room uh, and and it just or uh, in our offices and and we're huge we're just wearing it and there's most people will have smartwatches and and bluetooth devices all over their their body and of course the smartphone but that will shrink or at least become thinner and thinner up to a point where it's maybe a, a bracelet or something and you can bend it you can uh, for all i know you you'll swallow your your smartphone at some <laughs> point <laughs> but it's uh i i also think um nanotechnology will at some point uh, become cheap to use and uh manipulation of genes it's all there but there are so many sciences just yeah, expanding exponentially really we we're used to it now, so we, we don't uh, think so much about it. We're used to seeing new stuff. That's why we can sometimes uh, have a feeling that, okay, it's not, it's not going that fast, but it really is if you pay attention and if you, if you look at all different technologies being expanded, it's a lot. I don't have a better answer than that. No, I mean, I think that is so perfect because at the onset of our show today, we were talking about GitHub branching and how software branches into different versions. I mean, looking at how Stockfish and the core engineers of Play Magnus have developed new technology to see the direction of AI. I mean, I think that's exactly what we're seeing with all these hardware and software products today. You mentioned, Felipe, the PlayStation 5, which is coming out. We know the Samsung Galaxy S20 Ultra, the iPhone 12, even the Unreal Engine 5. I mean, all this technology is accelerating at such a fascinating clip. And I think part of those trends is collaborative science publications. No longer are we at the level where it takes 12 months, two years to get published and see research. 
I mean, COVID alone, we've seen what it's like thousands. I saw the number somewhere 80,000 papers around COVID. Who knows if they're all valid? But the point is, there's so much research accelerating. And that's leading to us a world, I think, that's going to be humans augmented by machines, right? Whether it's, you know, playing chess, whether it's wearing a device to detect type 2 diabetes so that you don't get COVID. I know, at least in New York, we saw some statistics, some early indicators that about 25% of the people who have died from COVID are type 2 diabetic. It's so shocking that this is a big problem in the world. It is. And we can do something about it. And I also think these problems are shouldn't be a problem that one company is solving by themselves. Of course, they could be developing a, a product, but they're but it's um, we need to become more connected on these things, especially on on med tech. And I think we've with COVID nineteen, we we've actually seen that, and people are starting to understand that collaboration across uh, huge distances is not it's the same. Like if you if you have an office in New York and Oslo, it, it doesn't matter if you have fifty people in Oslo and, and fifty in, in New York, you're you're a hundred people. That's the size of your company. So yeah, I, I think um, collaboration, of course, is important, and and throughout the uh, evolution of human beings or like history, it's always been like there there are more and more people collaborating. So it started with tribes and then small cities. Uh, I'm, I'm doing this quite fast, uh, but and then you have countries and and like uh, continents and uh, etc. I think at some point it would just become global, like pure global collaboration, especially on science, no borders and full transparency, with especially with the, with the common goals of beating all diseases, which I think will happen at some point. Uh, of course, viruses are tough, but it will, it will happen. It's doable. It's not an impossible task to execute. And as I said, when we do that, it will be more about longevity, which I also think is important. A lot of people die of AIDS and it's proven that it's dying of AIDS is not something that needs to happen. Degrading cells and, and your whole body is not something that needs to die eventually or to get get deprecated, basically. So I, I think that also will eventually come. Not sure when, but there's a lot of people working on that. So it might be faster than we think. Absolutely. It's the simulation that we're living in that many of us think is this world of COVID, but we're moving into a post-COVID world very fast. The economies are reopening. You know, in Norway, it is business as usual in the new normal. The United States has been moving into its new normal gradually as well. Felipe, what call to action would you like to share with our listeners today about the topics we've discussed? And um what you think is important for everyone to hear. Okay, there's just so much I could say. Um, stay healthy, that's one. And, uh, and still remember to stay a bit more at home and keep distances and, and all of that. I think that's important. Of course, we, we're getting uh, to a stage where it's not as dangerous as before, but, uh, but still you, you have other people's uh, life on risk here if you're not, uh, if you're not careful. That's uh, number one. But I also have a general advice, and that's, of course, to try out our uh, Play Magnus app and also Magnus Trainer and all our apps and uh, have fun with them. They're free, so just uh, play and, and have fun and 
see if chess is something for you. And if you've never played chess before, you can try out the Magnus Trainer that actually teaches you chess from the very beginning. Like you don't have to know how to move pieces to play that game. So stay healthy and play chess. Chess on, whether it's on playmagnuschess.com or maybe you participate in a tournament, right? With Chess24, you could be in the next Magnus Invitational. It's incredible to see how we're bridging the gap of the digital and in real life world. Felipe Lange, uh, CEO at Solve Oslo and CTO Play Magnus. Thank you for joining us on Humane. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Humane Podcast. What do you think? Did the show measure up to your thoughts on artificial intelligence, data science, future of work, and developer education? Listeners, I want to hear from you so that I can offer you the most relevant, trend-setting, and educational content on the market. You can reach me directly by email at david at humanepodcast.com. Remember to share this episode with a friend, subscribe and leave a review on your preferred podcasting app, and tune in to more episodes of Humane. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.